0: Last week, we read in the Gospel of Mark that John the Baptist exhorts us to prepare the way for the Lord. Our other instructions for us are to make paths straight and clean up our own houses so we are ready for the arrival of the Anointed One, the Messiah. In today's Gospel, John, the one who baptizes, not the one who wrote the Gospel, is identified as God's witness to testify that the one who is to come is coming. And he is among us now. John is the only delegated human sent by God to tell the people of Israel about the incarnation of God into the life of Israel, this anointed one, the human and divine manifestation of the word, which we hear of in verse verse 1 of the Gospel of John, in the beginning was the word is embodied in Jesus, who is the light of the world, the illumination of life, who overcomes the power of darkness and death. John is sent as a witness to the light so that we might believe through his testimony. He prepares us so we are not surprised and caught unaware, with our lamps unlit, so to speak, and are ready to accept Jesus, not as another prophet, but as the Son of God. Witnesses and witnessing are prominent in the Hebrew scripture. In legal cases, testimony of two or three witnesses is needed to convict a person of a crime. To withhold information is also harm. In the book of Leviticus, if you sin by not stepping up and offering yourself as a witness to something you've heard or seen in cases of wrongdoing, you'll be held responsible. So there are personal consequences for withholding important information. To be a witness is to be responsible to the community and to God. And of course, God commands us not to bear false witness. We are witnesses to much in our postmodern lives. That's confusing. Many times what we think we witness as fact or the truth is an illusion or some version of the truth. For example, photographs and media are usually altered. Landscapes often appear hyper-real. At one time, my son was a real estate photographer. And after his photo shoot, he would mail all of his photos to Japan, or email them to Japan, for a crew there to illuminate and highlight the appealing features of a piece of property for a better image and, of course, more money. Media outlets, whichever ones you might access to get your newsfeed, no longer even try to hide their biases, as they attempted to do so only a few years ago. In fact, these biases are even used in marketing plans. Media will often put out opinions paraded as facts, leading to much confusion, misguided judgments, and animosity in our country and the world. So for me, I just want to be told the facts, what happened in context, and I can form my own opinion. Thank you, media. (laughs) That is easier said than done, I'm afraid. Many of us have been asked to be a professional reference or witness for a colleague or a friend. When you receive that reference phone call or email, you are to vouch for or testify for that person as with regard to character. So to be a witness in the world, to speak the truth in testimony, is like breathing life into the world. The world needs the truth as much as it ever has. John is chosen by God to accomplish one thing for the world, and that is to be the person, the witness who goes on record that indeed Jesus is the Christ. The Gospel hints at the trouble that both John and Jesus will have as John is interrogated alongside the Jordan River. Who are you? The agents of the Jewish authorities in Jerusalem ask. He never says who he is, but he certainly states the negative. I am not the Messiah. He offers that little tidbit of information before they even ask that particular question. John wants to be very clear that he is not the one that we have been waiting for, as the whole of Israel awaits a king to deliver them from yet another occupation. Imagine how the story might have developed if John didn't make that very clear from the outset. John had his own disciples, but he always pointed to Jesus. And further, John answers he's not Elijah, who is the herald of the return of God and he's not the prophet raised up by God as prescribed by Moses. Because John is not the Messiah, or Elijah, or the prophet, any of whom would hold religious authority, the men ask, so why are you baptizing? Normally in Jewish custom, a baptism is for proselytes or those Gentiles converting to Judaism. It is a way of washing away the sins of the old life and impurities of the Gentile way so that a person can be initiated into the nation and customs of Israel. But here John, without proper authority, is baptizing Jews, a sign of a coming new age, which indeed it is. And this is the concern of the Jewish authorities. John is preparing the people of Israel to receive Jesus. So in response to their question, John just says, I only bapt- I'm only baptizing with water, not indicating any significance at all. He then points to Jesus as already here, among us now, not known, but soon increasing in appearance as John's work decreases. John's role in Advent story is twofold. First, to be sure that we, can- we are prepared to receive Jesus in the best possible shape we can be in. To prepare our hearts and our lives to make room for him and allow him to shape our hearts and minds and wills into those who live by God's justice and mercy. The second is to be a witness for the coming of the King. To testify that Jesus is the Messiah who will make all things right in the world. We can ponder John the Baptist as our model who, by God, is a designated witness to the world, preordained from creation to be the person in flesh and blood to tell us that Jesus the Messiah is coming soon, and he is coming here. This third week of Advent, we are held in a pause, a powerful expectation, as a heralding of a new era is initiated. Let us be a witness to John's testimony and testify to all we meet that the light of the world is coming. We can expect Jesus.